What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. Good Monday morning yeah. to you. It is Guessing Lines right here on the Numbers Game of Beast and the Esports Betting Network, Sirius XM Channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, and Game Plus. Jason Cott is here as well. How you doing, Jason? Good morning, Gil. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Don't tell my uh, mother that I'm here at work today on Yom Kippur. Let's keep that between us. It'll be our secret. It'll be our secret. There will be no incident. Ladies and gentlemen, to do the Guessing Line show, of course, each and every Monday, the star of the show, my mishpucha, the South Point Sportsbook Director, it's Chrissy Andrews. Good morning, Chris. Excuse me. Good morning, Gil. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. What were you, did I catch you doing something else? Do you have a thing going on over there? Uh, no, no, I'm still drinking my morning coffee. Oh, okay. Apologize. All right. Week three of the National Football League. Uh, from a book's perspective, real quick, uh, what was it? Up, down, neutral? What kind of weekend was it, NFL-wise? Uh, we didn't do very well. You know, I saw Todd Dewey had an article in the paper that, hey, the sports books did finally had a good weekend. Well, he never called me because we did not have a good – we did not have a good Sunday, I can tell you that. Um I mean, it wasn't nearly as bad as last week, and we had some late, late big play on Green Day uh, last night that kind of tilted it a little. Uh, but we, even without that, we would have lost. So we did not have a good day yesterday at all. So I don't know where Todd got his figures or who he talked to, but uh, he didn't talk to me, and I would have reported something uh, completely opposite. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. You know, I'm sure you'll bounce back. And as you like to say, no one's shedding a tear, right? No one's shedding a tear for you at this point. It'll be fun. They shouldn't. I know that. Yeah. Except for I'm shedding a few tears, but yeah. I don't expect anybody else to join me. Well, for those landing on this show for the first time, this is a tribute to the old Stardust radio show, uh, Roxy Roxborough, who, by the way, will be on the show tomorrow. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you know this, Roxy from Phuket, Thailand. No. On the show tomorrow, by request, Roxy was like, "Hey, let's let's do it. In a, let's do an election 
history segment or two. So tomorrow is all election stuff with Roxy. He's got perspective on what he thinks should happen with election betting. Uh, We'll do baseball full-on preview, and we'll actually talk French Open and uh, basketball and football with Drew Dinsick as well. So Jason Weingarten with a baseball preview, Paul Spore. So tomorrow's show writes itself, for goodness sakes. But today, if you're landing on this, this is the exercise where I've been a cocoon. I guess what next week's lines are going to be in the NFL, week number four as it is. And uh, Chrissy tells me what it actually will be in terms of posting it at the South Point right after the show. And within that exercise, we look to extract value for the second straight week. This is our uh, third week doing this because we don't do it before week one. But for the second uh, week in a row last week, two out of the three that at least I came up with that showed to me a big difference last week came through. So if you could do that every week, go two out of three in terms of, hey, I think this line looks a little off. Um, then that's a good thing. By the way, the one that I that I thought was the most off was the one that didn't come through, which was the Tennessee Titans against the Minnesota Vikings, which we'll talk to, which we'll talk about. Uh, but let's start with Thursday night, Chrissy. What's on tap? Yeah, I'm looking at my notes. I had uh, three out of four that I leaned and liked. So yeah, anyway. which so one? Any fresh? Which were your four? What do I? I yeah. have marked on my sheet. Uh, the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I barely got. Uh, the Bengals, the Seahawks, and unfortunately, I had the Jets. So yeah, I had the <laughs> about being wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the Bengals, Seahawks, and the Titans. So Titans didn't quite get there. Yeah. All right, lots of games to yeah. get to. Once again, uh, no buys yet. Yeah, no buys yet. I'm also, uh, you know, uh, just kind of a little uh, precursor here. I, I'm still not sure what to do with home field advantage. Um, Half the teams have two home games, the other half have one home game so far. I'm trying to wait till everybody has at least two home games before I start going through and crunching some numbers and see, is there home field advantage this year? I kind of think there is, to be honest with you, but I haven't been able to attach any sort of number yet. And I'm probably going to be different for every single team, just like in most years. Anyway, let's get to this one. We have the Broncos at the Jets. (laughs) It's Thursday night action. Two 0-3 teams. Two different 0-3 teams. Uh, Denver loses yesterday. Uh, they do so to Tampa Bay, 28-10. to Bad performance by Jeff Driscoll. He was 17-30 of for 176. One touchdown, one pick. Sacked five times. He was benched in favor of Brett Rippon late. Uh, the nephew of yeah. uh, former Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion Mark Rippon. Uh, Rippon went 8 of 9 for 53. No touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked once. 226 total yards of offense for Denver against Tampa Bay. Not good. Driscoll falls to 1-8 and eight as a starter. Um, by the way, Rippon was called up for the practice squad on Saturday. I didn't even know that he was on the roster when, when he came in the game. Uh, and, and Vic Fangio, first quarterback uh, decision to be made on the board here. Fangio not ready to declare his starting quarterback for this game against the Jets at the Meadowland. He could go back to Driscoll. He could stick with Rippon or even turn to Blake Bortles, who joined the team on Thursday, two days before Rippon did off the practice squad. And then there's the Jets, Chrissy. Sam Darnold, 17-29 for 168 in their absolute drubbing at the hands of the Colts. One touchdown, three picks, two of which were returned for touchdowns. Two sacks. He also took a safety. So two pick sixes and a safety. They only had 260 total yards. They were minus three in turnovers. Uh, but they had the first 19 plays of the game. They, they were holding the ball for nearly 10 minutes. 
New York had 188 yards of offense in the first half against the league's number one defense through two weeks, and they only finished with the 260. So it didn't start out badly. And by the way, there's one other play in that game. Can I mention before I, before I get, make a pick here, make a guess? You know how everybody last night was, uh, was moaning about that, uh, that P.I. that was called on the Saints where the ball was completely uncatchable? This game had one that was mm-hmm. way worse than that, where the, Jets had the, uh, where the Colts had the ball. It was 7-7. Seven to seven. This game was still in the balance. There it is, uh, Ralph Vacchiano tweeting about this. Terrible P.I. call on the Jets cornerback, Pierre Desir. That ball sure looked uncatchable to me. One play later, Rivers, one-yard touchdown pass to put the Colts up 14-7. to seven. This uncatchable thing is an epidemic. If if it's if you're not going to ever call it, meaning a p meaning wave off a pi if a ball is uncatchable, it should not be on the books because they just don't call it anymore under any circumstances. And we'll get to a, one that decided another game, obviously coming up. Um, oh, anyway, all of that said, I, I, listen, the Jets are more the Jets are more sickly I think than the Broncos so I'll say the Broncos not quite by three I'll say Broncos minus two and a half it's it's three uh, I do see one two and a half flat uh I might say one two and a half with some juice on it too but mostly three with juice on the dog oh man I say this one's so tough for me because my power ratings come a little a little higher like I said you got to travel um a lot of things I like to look at on these Thursday night games, who has a better coaching staff, who has a better quarterback. I think that really plays into it quite a bit. Well, looking at these two, how do you pick that? You know, I don't know. Uh, but I think the Jets, uh, I talked about it yesterday uh, in the office. I, I had them as not the lowest rated team that I've ever had since I started keeping these, but they're they're getting close. And then they throw in that performance yesterday. And really against a team that was pretty banged up in the Colts. Uh, so I think that was really abysmally bad. I think I'm going to open with the three. Um, I'm just going to have to move this fairly quickly if I get that. I'm sure I probably will. But I think it's a really, really tough game between two two teams that you know are as far off the mark right now as they could possibly be. Yeah, an early candidate, Broncos at Jets, for game you would want no part of the Megapod question on the Beating the Book podcast. Which game, if you had to bet a side on every one of these but got one free pass, which game would you want a free pass on? This might be yeah. it. Jeez, that's bad. Thursday. Yeah, this is a terrible game. All right, let's I go. I talked about, you know, boy, both these guys deserve to get fired. Coach was. And then, oh, geez, they got a game Thursday. They can't do that now. You know? Right. But, you know, so, I, don't, I don't know how these two guys make it through the year. I don't know how Adam Gase and Dan Quinn, whom we'll get to soon, I don't know how they yeah. get past this week, but you may have just called it for why Gase yeah. might because of the early uh, game this week. Uh, how many Sunday early morning games do we have this weekend? It's all but three. All but three. All but three. Yeah, ten. That's ten. not fun. Yeah. All right, let's go Sunday morning. I hate I that like this that. keeps happening. hate that this keeps happening. Colts at the Bears. Colts at the Bears. We just mentioned the Colts. Uh, they roll over the Jets, by the way. Final score of that game, 36-7. to uh, I said they shouldn't be favored by 11.5 over anybody. Uh, apparently, I was wrong. Yeah. Maybe maybe against the Jets, they darn well should have. Uh, and then there's, uh, by the way, Phillip Rivers, 17 of 21 in that game for 217. Very efficient. One touchdown, no picks, no sacks. 
Um, there's that, that play after the Jets drew a pass interference call in the end zone. Rivers found Mo Ali Cox for a one-yard score to break the 7-7 tie, and that's really where the floodgates opened. Jets were looking good up, to, up until then. Chicago, yesterday, RIP Mitch Trubisky's starting career. Uh, Nick Foles comes in in relief. Chicago makes up a 16-point lead or 16-point deficit, I should say, in the final six and a half minutes against Atlanta yesterday. We will get to the Falcons, who have done something epic two straight weeks. But Foles goes 16 of 29 for 188 in relief, three touchdowns, one pick, which really wasn't his fault. Uh, was never sacked, got his chance after Trubisky threw an interception in the third quarter that led to a Falcons field goal, pushing the lead to 26-10. to 10. And then the former Super, M- uh, Super Bowl MVP went to town and eventually won it with a 20-yard touchdown pass to Anthony Miller with 153 remaining. Uh, and that's after Foles had two apparent touchdown passes overturned by official reviews and still managed to pull out the victory. By the way, the reviews were correct, but he still had to overcome those two. Trubisky was 13 of 22 for 128 before Foles came in. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice. Robinson was the big uh, target in the game. 10 for 123 to touchdown. Jimmy Graham, 6 of 60, two touchdowns. Bears had 10 penalties for 80 yards. That's still something they have to clean up, but that's their first three and O start since 2013. And Matt Nagy is saying, Chrissy, well, I'll decide on the starting quarterback today. (laughs) Come on, man. Uh, But this is why we, we all knew right all off season, all of us here on the network. I don't think there was one person who dissented on this. We're all like on that prop. Who's going to start the season Foles or or Trubisky. I, you know, I I said, and I think everybody else did, you have to start Trubisky for the season beginning, because if you don't, that's the end of his confidence right there off the bat. So you always had this as a looming thing. As soon as Trubisky was, you know, as soon as uh, Nagy lost confidence in him, Foles was always there to come in. But I don't see a reason to go back. You're 3-0. and Those wins are banked. Stick with the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Chicago should be a, uh, I'll say they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Indianapolis. Uh, I don't want to say that I like your number better than what's out there, but I like your thinking better than what's out there. And the Colts two and a half with juice on the favorite or three. I even see a three flat little three with some juice on the dog. I don't think the Colts should be favored. Wait, the Colts are favored by two and a half yesterday's game. Wow. Colts are favored. I don't, I don't think we should let yesterday's game influence us too much. They beat a horrible team. Like I said, the Colts still have a lot of injury problems and, uh, Philip Rivers, you know, I, I I've never been a big Rivers guy, and uh, didn't like even the trade that they made here to get him. Um, I I don't know why they're favored. I I I thought this game should be much closer to pick them. I, I would not have made the Bears a favorite either, by the way. But I do. I'm gonna open two and a half just so I see a lot higher. But I'm kind of with you. Uh, don't get. Don't get swayed too much by the Colt performance yesterday. They really are not that good. They just beat up a horrible team. And you mentioned early, they kind of struggled a little bit in the beginning yes. until the floodgates opened. So yeah. and lost to the and lost earlier in the season uh, already once, right? And then you know just got by. So they lost to the Jaguars right opening week, and then who did they beat last yeah. week? Jason Colts. Vikings. The Vikings, right? Again, another team that mm-hmm. is that is uh, certainly not a, you know a shell of what it was. Certainly a shell of what they were. So yeah, they, it didn't start well yesterday. The the thing I'm very curious about that line. Does I mean do they think that Trubisky is starting? Because this is the this is what we talk about all the time. What's the difference between your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback? Right. In the case of the Bears, 
Like this is this is a big line difference to me between Trubisky and Foles. Wow, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the Colts are favored there. Um, all right, well that's well, the first. I got to disagree with you on that point. Uh, if I just jump in, I, please. I, I didn't think Foles looked all that great, and I I don't have that big of a difference between the two at all. Uh, mostly because of the fact that I think, like you, like everybody thought that they they were going to start Trubisky. And they geared a lot of that offense around what Trubisky can and can't do. So now they have to change some things up. So I, but I'm not saying who is the better quarterback. I'm saying just the situation to me does not mean there's that much of a difference line wise in the quarterback. Wow, I don't see it that way at all. I mean, this isn't okay. locked to Driscoll. This okay. is Trubisky to fold. I think That's the Bears are going on run. I think the Bears are yeah bet on. Interesting. All right, we'll do more of these guessing lines. Yeah. We already have one in, in that we that okay. we're interested in for sure. That is shocking to me. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Just want to cherry pick one here. It's from Andy Grossman. Gil, I too am working on Yom Kippur because I have no sins to atone for. Me either, Andy. Wait, that might not be true. Just don't tell my parents. Hey, let's look at the uh, Miami Heat Los Angeles Lakers series price, can we? Heat get by the Celtics last night. And it is a Lakers Heat final that begins on Wednesday. Pat Riley against his former team. LeBron against his former team, if you will. Lakers minus 360. Heat plus 300 at BetMGM. Jason, I bet this immediately when it came out yesterday at plus 317. Give me the Heat. Give me one reason why I shouldn't bet the Heat other than, the re- other than quote, the refs won't let it happen, unquote. There is not one. Okay, thank you. Thanks for that. Just waiting for a deep dive analysis. <laughs> Got right there. All right, Chris. Uh, let's continue with guessing lines of week number four, sir. Saints at the Lions. Saints at the Lions. Saints lose to the uh, Packers last night. Much of the chagrin of the uh, South Point, as Chrissy told us earlier, lose it thirty-seven to thirty. Um, Drew Brees twenty-nine of thirty-six for two eighty-eight. Three touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice. Looks fine on the stat sheet. Uh, Kamara, 6 of 58 on the ground, 13 for 139, and two touchdowns receiving. One of those touchdowns, a scintillating 52-yarder in which he broke four tackles. Uh, Key point of this game last night, it was tied at 27, excuse me, early in the fourth quarter. And just two plays after the Saints, D-backs, Malcolm Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore combined to stop Aaron Jones short on fourth and one. Zadarius Smith then strips Taysom Hill on a read option run and recovers the fumble to give Green Bay possession again near midfield. So Chris Collinsworth described this perfectly. When the Saints stopped the Packers, it was like they had it's like they had broken serve because it didn't look like either defense could stop either offense. And then the Saints did the Taysom Hill thing. Now, I know we've all been saying Drew Brees doesn't have the arm strength to throw the ball downfield anymore. That's become trite. It's become cliche. I also happen to think it's true, but everybody's saying it. You know what no one else is saying, and I'll be the first person to say this, because this has been bubbling under for me for a long time. Someone please explain the infatuation with Taysom Hill to me. Seriously, what, what is this? Why is this? Why did we anoint him this amazing multi-dimensional force? When there's other players that require years for us to be convinced of that, we've just decided Taysom Hill is that guy. Here's 20 million over two years just to keep you around, and we're going to throw you into situations that are just going to be so 
strange in our offense. Anyway, they get the fumble. They get the strip. And that was the game because Rodgers took over from there, um, took a 10-point lead. I will give Sean Payton credit for this, though, for betters. Uh, after the Packers went up 10 late, I immediately in-gamed the Packers at minus six and a half, figuring that short of a long bomb into the end zone or a bomb deep into the red zone, Peyton would be smart enough to kick the field goal first down two scores. And he did in fact do that. So thank you, Sean Peyton for knowing how to play Madden and for knowing what to do optimally in that situation. That's an in game winner, but new Orleans loses. Uh, And then there's Detroit. Detroit beats Arizona, a rematch of last year's week one tie. But they get it done. Stafford, 22 of 31 for 272 touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked four times. Calmly led a drive in the final minutes. That was capped by Matt Prater's 39-yard field goal as time expired. Lions win for the first time in 11 months. Beat the Cardinals 26 to 23. Patricia now 10-24 and uh, 1 in two-plus seasons. 10-24 and 1. Uh, New Orleans will be favored. It'll be more than a field goal. It'll be minus four and a half. We got 30 seconds here, Chrissy. It's four, and uh, my power ratings come a little higher, but I really think I like the four better. Uh, you know, a lot of money, sharp money, showed on Detroit yesterday, uh, and I have to give a little credence to that. So I'm going to go with four, even though my power ratings come a little higher. New Orleans by four. Okay. Anything else you want to say about this? We'll get your uh, comments here after the break. Uh, New Orleans minus four. Chrissy's putting up at Detroit next week. Both teams now one and two. A lot of games to get to. Promise you, we'll get to each and every one of them. Coming up, guessing lines. Week four in the National Football League exclusively right here on a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, We're just uh, talking about this Joe Montana story, which is amazing. In Malibu, some intruder goes into his house, takes his grandchild out of the bassinet in his home, then runs upstairs with the child, the the kid, the alleged or would-be kidnapper runs upstairs. Montana and his wife try to reason this intruder out of the child, or to just let go of the child. A tussle ensues. Montana's wife wrests the child away from her, and then she flees, and they, and they catch her. Joe Montana, everybody. What is, unbelievable. Well, unbelievable is right. Jeez, that has nothing to do with anything. I'm just amazed by the story. Hey, Chrissy, did you want to add anything oh, to uh, New Orleans, Detroit, or or the Joe Montana shenanigans? No, I mean the only no. I mean, I have plenty of Montana stories, but none, none seem appropriate right now. Yeah, I was going to say, just, yeah, uh, the John Candy so story is for another time. That's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have some other good ones actually about Montana, but that, that was not the time. Anything um, New Orleans, Detroit. I, no, I, you know, like I said, my power rings come a little higher. I'm still, I'm still, you know, that's with zero home field advantage, you know, and I'm still not sure what to do. It looks like it does mean a little something. So I think four is actually fine. Okay. Let's move on. What else? Sunday morning. Uh, Sunday morning. Next up, Cardinals at the Panthers. Cardinals at the Panthers. I guess Kyler Murray is human. Uh, didn't see that coming. We just <laughs> talked about the loss to Detroit. Detroit beats Arizona uh, outright by the score of 26 to 23. Do so as five point closing dogs in that one. Kyler Murray, 23 of 35 for 270. Two touchdowns, three picks. Sacked once, five of 29 on the ground for a touchdown. He always has one highlight play. That was amazing how he juked uh, the defender there. DeAndre Hopkins, 10 for 137. 
I got. I'm, I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins stats every week, just to pound home how ridiculous that trade was. We all knew it. There were some people who were saying, "Oh, I don't know, Bill O'Brien." No, stop it. Just stop it. Andy Isabella for fantasy owners: four catches, 47 yards, two touchdowns. But the Cardinals were minus three in turnovers, uh, zero to three. That that'll do it every time. You're not going to win in the National Football League being minus three in turnovers. Carolina. Uh, they get off the uh, schneid, and they beat the L.A. Chargers outright as six-point dogs, 21-16, to just like the Chargers to lose a game like that. Teddy Bridgewater, 22 of 28 for 235. Uh, one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked twice. Panthers forced three Chargers turnovers. Joey Sly kicked five field goals in the 21-16 win. Carolina snaps a 10-game losing streak dating to last season. Came down to the final play, though. Chargers in position for a go-ahead touchdown in the final seconds. Uh, and they should perhaps have won it. A hook and lateral. It goes to Keenan Allen. He laterals it back just behind Austin Eckler. If it goes right to him, Eckler is free to the house. That would have been unbelievable. Doesn't work out for the Chargers. Uh, by the way, the uh, Panthers converted three, car- all three Cardinals turnovers into 12 points. Panthers averaged 3.9 yards per carry without all pro Christian McCaffrey. So they didn't really... Uh, make up for his absence, but they do get the win. Um, I'll say Arizona. I mean, I'm not going to read too much into either of those two outcomes yesterday, so I'll say Arizona minus six. My power range has to come to six and a half, again, with no no home field advantage. I have to give them a little something. Uh, The number I see right now is four. I I don't have a beef with that. I'm going to go with four. Actually, I think, uh, you know, I've never been the biggest Murray fan. You know, and I also think the Panthers are playing. They played hard, but I got to say that last play, you know, oh man, that should have gone for a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, they executed that well, ninety percent perfectly. Yeah, you know? I mean, all except for dropping the ball. Uh, but that you could just see when they showed like the wide angle from behind. He had clear sailing to the end zone. I mean, they got to really be kicking themselves with that one. <laughs> so. Tough. But anyway, I, mean, looked, I think yeah. four is okay, and that's where I'm going to go. Looked like it was headed to Dallas. Four seems a little light to me. That's interesting. Four. Let's file that away. All right, let's do another. Next up, we got the Jaguars and the Bengals. Oh, my God, is that bad. Jaguars at the Bengals. Uh, Jaguars on extra rest here. Jaguars uh, lost to Miami on Thursday night. Minshew was 30 of 42 for 275. No touchdowns a pick. Was sacked four times. Uh, James Robinson filled up the stat sheet, 11-46 on the ground with two touchdowns, six catches for 83 yards. But, uh, you know, full of miscues. Conley dropped a couple passes that would have been first downs, was flagged for an OPI in the third quarter. Minshew fumbled the next play. That led to a Miami touchdown. Uh, Their left tackle, Cam Robinson, was disqualified for making contact with an official following that fumble. A whole bunch of errors. I'm just listing a couple. Um, So Jacksonville's one and two. Cincinnati gets a tie with the Bengals yesterday. Excuse me, with the uh, Eagles yesterday. Burrow, 31 of 44 for 312. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked eight times was Joe Burrow. Tyler Boyd was his number one target, 10 of 125. But Burrow did toss a pair of touchdown passes to T. Higgins in regulation. Wentz dove into the end zone. Carson Wentz, that is, for the tying score in the final minute. 23-23 tie, though, as, as neither team could really do much. 
either through effort or lack of effort, which we'll get to coming up with the Eagles <laughs> in overtime. So it ends up 23 to 23. Uh, Jake Elliott had lined up for a 59 yarder with 19 seconds left in OT, but a false start on Matt Pryor forced the Eagles to punt it away. Or I'll, I'll use the word forced in quotes. They decided to punt it away, play for the tie. Neither team could really do anything in overtime. As I said, uh, I actually think Cincinnati should be a field goal favorite here against Jacksonville. How about that? Well, you're right. It's uh, there you go. three, I even see three with some juice on the favorite. I got no beef with the three. Uh, again, without any home field advantage, I have the Bengals one point better than the Jaguars. So at this point, I can't dispute the three. Uh, you know, I did say during the offseason and, uh, you know, probably on this show a few times, I think the Bengals are a bet on team when you can get them plus some points. But now that they're the favorite, I would tread very lightly. Just let me say that. <laughs> okay. um, you know, I, I think three is okay, but let's not go crazy on this one. Yeah, it makes sense. I would agree with that. Uh, all right, how many were we through? We're through five. Let's try to do. We'll do three after the break. We'll be back on schedule, uh, and we'll look at some baseball series prices as well as the show goes on. So far, so far, the one that sticks out to me though is Indianapolis, Chicago. I don't really have a problem with anything else. Arizona's a little light, maybe to me. That's that's something you know, I'll put that in the second category. But right now, that Indi- Indianapolis Chicago, uh, that number two and a half in favor of the Colts. I would have thought the the Bears would be a tick of a favorite. I even said two and a half on that. So that's curious. Uh, we'll come back. Whole bunch more of uh, early games. Only three afternoon games in week number four. Ugh. Why do we do these things? Why? And the uh, the just the scourge of uncatchable passes still being called for P.I. that decided a game between Buffalo and the Rams. We'll get into that as well. It's a numbers game at Visa and guessing lines right here at the Sports Betting Network. Speaking of the Chiefs and Ravens tonight, Ravens favored by three and a half. Chrissy, do you I know you never really know the answer about questions like this until it actually happens. But do you expect a massive handle? Chiefs Ravens tonight because of the fact that it is such the marquee matchup. Yeah, I think we're going to get a huge handle. I mean, you have to remember too, the public has won two weeks in a row. Uh, so everybody got money. Uh, it's a great, great matchup. I know the Ravens really believe they were the best team in the league last year. And they, they really were during the bulk of the season. So I think they have an eye on this, but I mean, of course, Kansas City wants to go and say, "Hey, you guys might believe anything you want. We won, we won the Super Bowl." So I think it's going to be a really intense game. Two great quarterbacks, two great coaches, and uh, just a great venue tonight. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think the general public is going to feel the same way. Let me rephrase that. Do you think it could be a record-breaking Monday night handle? Is that in play? Uh, that's what I thought you would say. You know, I don't see that yet. But the, the the main reason I don't see it is because we haven't had much line movement. Okay. You know, line movement, action will create action. But that that's why I don't think we'll get that. Uh, before we move on to a few more games here before uh, before the top of the hour, Jason, you said something interesting about the Bears line. What, is, what was it that you said off air? Imagine if the Bears weren't 3-0 and what that line. What that line would be. And that brings, that jogs in my head another thing. The Bears are 3-0. and The Bears could very well be 0-3. <laughs> Right, They had a furious comeback against Detroit, a furious comeback. By the way, I like when comebacks are described as furious, like they're really angry, uh, yesterday against Atlanta. And then remember, the Giants had the ball with the chance to beat them in the last drive last week. So 3-0 and could very well be 2-1, and 1-2, and, and even 0-3. Oh 
So I will give you that on that line. That might explain some of it. If I, if I look at it through that lens, that's a, that's a good way to look th- through it. All right, let's do one more here. Let's do a couple more, a few more even, early games. Just to throw in real quick, Mitch Moss was in my office at the end of that Bears game. They both Bears now three and zero, and I said the Bears are three and zero. I didn't even realize, <laughs> yeah. you know. And each was precarious. Oh. Each one of them. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, okay, next up, we got the Browns and the Cowboys. Browns and the Cowboys. Uh, Browns beat the Washington Football Team yesterday, uh, and they did so, I guess, in the end, pretty handily. Uh, they did so by the score of 34 to 20, easily covering the seven point spread. Uh, but they were really helped along by the uh, antics of Dwayne Haskins, who to me is still not quite ready for prime time. So Cleveland, uh, for the first time in six years, the Browns have a winning record, everybody, for the first time since week 14 of the 2014 season. The Browns at 2-1 and one have themselves a winning record. Mayfield against the uh, Washington football team, 16 of 23 for 156. Didn't really have to do much. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked twice. Nick Chubb got it done, 19 for 108 on the ground with two touchdowns. Dallas loses to Seattle. Anybody who had Dallas yesterday and is like, oh, it's such a bad beat, stop it. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Stop. DJ Metcalf willingly just let go of the ball on the way into the end zone. Please. Dak, 35 of 55 for 455. Good Lord. Three touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked twice. Career highs for him in both yards and attempts. Gallup, six for 138 and a touchdown. Wilson, three for 90 and two touchdowns. That's Cedric Wilson, by the way. Zeke, though, held in check, 14 of 34 for a touchdown. Uh, Six catches for 24, but 511 total yards of offense for Dallas. But we knew this is what this game was going to be about between Seattle and Dallas, right? A lot of offense and no defense. Seattle wins it 38 to 31, and they do cover the five and a half point spread. Dallas, once again, a lot of penalties, 10 for 59. 
But Dallas trailed 30-15 to after Prescott fumbled on the first play of the second half. And then Russell Wilson subsequently uh, threw his fourth touchdown pass. Prescott then threw touchdown passes of 42 yards to Cedric Wilson, 43 to Michael Gallup. And then Zerline's 42-yard field goal with 4.03 left gave Dallas a 31-30 lead. Alden Smith, big on the uh, Cowboys defense with three sacks, two tackles for a loss, four quarterback hits, and a pass defense in his most impactful game of the season. But it was Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in the end. And really, the play of that game is going to be shown for years to come. Wilson and Metcalf, who later atoned for his sin by scoring late, I believe the uh, final touchdown for the Seahawks. We'll get to that a little little later. Uh, Dallas should be favored, though. This is in Dallas. They'll say Dallas minus four. Uh, it's Dallas five. Um, I'm going to go with that, but I, you know, I haven't completely done all my work yet. I mean, it's still early, but a lot of my numbers point to the Browns. Uh, but I can just see psychologically where this is like the schoolyard bully finding somebody that he could beat the crap out of <laughs> and regain his reputation. That's right. And I just see them maybe trouncing the Browns. That's a great goal. You know, on Monday morning next week, every day, we fi- finally, the Cowboys have arrived. Here's that Cowboys team we were expecting. Cowboys aren't that good, mostly because of their defense, but they got, you know, other issues too. But, I, you know, like I said, my numbers come to the Browns. I'm going to have to look at this a little more closely. But psychologically, I can see the Browns beating up this scene. And like I said, everybody just saying, oh, they're back in the Super Bowl hunt. You know, and uh, yeah. I, I'm not so sure. Cowboys are going to win the NFC East at 8-8. Eight and eight, And they're going to win it comfortably. The, <laughs> the, the Eagles gained ground on the NFC East, the entire NFC East yesterday with a tie. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> All right, what's next? Vikings at the Texans. Vikings at the Texans. Oh, this is 0-3 against 0-3, right? Oh, that's great. Uh, okay, this might be a play on Houston for me. Minnesota yesterday, they, they probably should have won that game against Tennessee. I don't know about should have, but they end up losing 31-30. to They do cover as three-point dogs. Cousins, 16 of 27 for 251. Three touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked twice. Dalvin Cook, 22 of 181 for a touchdown. And LSU's Justin Jefferson, or at least LSU uh, product Justin Jefferson, seven catches for 175 and a touchdown. But the Vikings were minus two in turnovers uh, in their game against Tennessee, and that usually does it. 464 to 444 in total yards versus Tennessee. Got a lot of yards, gave up a lot of yards. And there's Houston. Houston looked like they were going to beat your Pittsburgh Steelers for most of the afternoon, at least the first half. Deshaun was 19 of 27 for 264, two touchdowns, one pick, but he was sacked five times. They only, in the end, Houston had 260 total yards of offense, 2309 time of possession. Houston managed just 51 yards and two first downs in the final 30 minutes in the second half to fall to 0-3. They opened 0-3 in 2018 and rallied to win the AFC South. Remember that. I'm not sure that's going to happen this year. But I'll say Houston should be more than a three-point favorite. I think they should be a a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. How about that? Uh, You're a shade high. I see three-and-a-half, one, three-and-a-half, but mostly four. I think the four is good. Again, my numbers uh, would not indicate that they should be such a big favorite. But you you look psychologically – First of all, you look at the first three teams Houston has played. I mean, the three best teams in the AFC. So they are 0 3, but that was almost like expected that they could be, the, uh, you know, at that record. Thought maybe they could pull out one win. And you know, actually, the wise guys did that on Houston yesterday to beat the Steelers. Uh, and I got I to gotta give some uh, credit to that, too. 
you know, the Vikings just haven't been able to put it together. You know, I think probably if this was a midseason game, both with equal records, you're probably looking at a three or three and a half. But I think the situation really uh, dictates that Houston should be a four-point favorite. That's what I'm going to open with. But if you want to bet Houston, I can certainly see uh, your your logic in that. I, I have a feeling Houston's going to be the right side here. Yeah, I do too. All right, let's try to squeeze in one more here. Seahawks at your Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Seahawks at the Dolphins. Seahawks three and zero. Miami on extra rest here uh, at one and two. Seahawks, as we mentioned, beat the Cowboys yesterday. Dolphins beat the Jags way back on Thursday. DJ Metcalf, I mentioned it earlier, catches a twenty nine yard touchdown pass from Russell Wilson. One forty seven remaining. Seahawks hold off the Cowboys thirty eight to thirty one. Metcalf appeared to have a walk in touchdown earlier after hauling in a deep pass from Wilson late in the first quarter, but was careless with the ball in the final few steps before the goal line. And Trayvon Diggs, cornerback, came up from behind, knocked the ball free, went out of the end zone for a touchback. Worst rule in football, but serves DJ Metcalf right because he was hot dogging. And instead of a touchdown and a 16 to 3 lead, it was a 62 yard reception and an embarrassing moment. Wilson, 27 for 40 for 315, five touchdowns, no picks, four sacks. Uh, he's thrown five touchdown passes now, setting a record for the most scoring passes, five touchdowns yesterday, setting a record for the most scoring passes in the first three games of a season with 14. He became the first quarterback to have at least four touchdown passes in each of the first three games and the fifth quarterback to throw five touchdown passes in consecutive games. Metcalf ends up four for 110 in a touchdown, Lockett nine for 103 touchdowns. And here's a Russell Wilson stat for you. Since Russell Wilson's arrival, everybody ready for this? The Seahawks are 58 and 0 when leading by at least four points at halftime. Wow. Courtesy of stats. 58 and 0 when leading at halftime by four points or more. Excuse me. By at least four points, yes. By the way, significant injuries, though, for the uh, Seahawks. Uh, Jamal Adams, groin strain, Chris Carson, sprained knee. They lost both their starting guards, Ayapati and Damian Lewis, in the first half. And then there's Miami on extra rest who uh, shellacked Jacksonville. I'm going to say Seattle minus six. You can tell me what the number is, and you can comment on this after the break, Chrissy. What's the number? Six and a half. Six and a half. All right, that makes sense. Miami looked good on uh, Thursday night. They're one and two. But Seattle and Russell Wilson. Let me repeat that stat into break. Since Russell Wilson's arrival, the Seahawks are 58-0 when leading by at least four points at halftime. That's unbelievable. It's coming back. Guessing lines. Week four. Right here on Numbers Game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our number two of guessing lines right here at VEASAN, the Sports, Bet, uh, the Sports Betting Network, rather. Series XM Channel 204. VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Vubos, Link, and Game Plus. It is Gil Alexander. Producer number seven, Jason Kahn, is here. Chrissy Andrews, my mishpoka, uh, runs the South Point Hotel Casino right here. Uh, letting us know what he will post right after the show at the South Point uh, Hotel Casino. By the way, here's a tweet from uh, Ryan Smith. How do you suppose the Bears are favorites? Did you see the numbers the Colts defense put up? Colts have better wide receivers and better running backs, also a better coach. Well, the Colts, again, have beaten the Jets and a defensively bereft Vikings team and lost to the Jags. Not exactly the, uh, <laughs> they're not exactly the 1940 Bears. How's that for a reference? Uh, and then, you know, there's a quarterback upgrade. I don't know if you've heard about this with the Bears. So that's how I got them as favorites, just to answer the question. Um, all right, uh, Chrissy, 
anything to say. Uh, so, oh, by the way, I, I, I left Miami. I didn't say anything about Miami and their uh, win against the Jaguars 10, uh, 10 days ago. or will have been 10 days once this game gets played. But Ryan Fitzpatrick went 18 of 20 against the uh, Jags for 160, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once, but he did uh, gain uh, 38 yards on the ground on seven carries for a touchdown. He becomes the first NFL quarterback in history to notch six wins over the same opponent with six teams. So he is a Jags killer. And it's the Dolphins' first double-digit victory in 39 games. Wow. Ending the longest drought in the league. So I guess Seattle minus six. You said it was minus six and a half. And I just want to linger on that Russell Wilson stat again. Since his arrival, like this, it's almost impossible that this is true. Since his arrival, the Seahawks are 58-0 when leading by at least four points at halftime. What does that say? Like, think about that. Step back and listen to that stat. So four points, not that much. And it's not like he's been surrounded by great weapons many of these years. They're the anti-Falcons. Well said. (laughs) Well said. And he is Superman. Period. I'm sorry, Chris. Anything to add to this game? Seattle at Miami? Or any of yeah, that? Yeah, one thing. First yeah. of all, you keep you keep calling him DJ Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Oh, DK Metcalf. I know Metcalf. that because I want to keep calling him. I want to call him Decaf Metcalf, you know, which <laughs> my kids Metcalf. would go crazy making fun of me if I did. Yeah, you DK know, Metcalf. But, uh, I'm sorry. DK Metcalf. And the other thing I want to say, I looked at Fitzpatrick's uh, numbers. You know, 18 to 20, 160 yards, eight yards. But Chief, is that all? Then I look at his QBR, 97.2. Because he really, yeah, those few numbers I mentioned don't tell the story at all. He was much, much better than that. But I think it's a live dog. But, you know, I, I'm not crazy about betting against Russell Wilson very often. But you know, he's getting six and a half points at home with Miami. I, I, I think that's a good number myself. Okay. Uh, so we're halfway through. We're still on early games. Man, we're still on early games on Sunday. All right, what's next? Yeah. Chargers at Tampa Bay. Chargers at Tampa Bay. We already mentioned the Chargers figured out a way to lose to the Panthers. They lost 21-16. to Should have perhaps won it with that final beautiful hook and lateral, but they couldn't get the pitch from uh, Allen to Eckler. And so uh, they get the loss. Chargers 1-2. and two. Tampa Bay's 2-1. and one. Tampa Bay, uh, they beat... Denver, 28-10, to 10, pretty dominant performance. Uh, by the way, Eckler, who would have coasted in Herbert, 34 of 49 for the Chargers yesterday for 321. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice, did lose one fumble. He becomes the third quarterback since the merger to throw for 300 yards in his first two starts. Eckler did end up with uh, 12 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown, 11 catches for 84. Keenan Allen, 12 for 123 and a touchdown. Chargers were 10 of 14 on third down. Panthers just couldn't get them off the field, but minus four in turnovers. Really minus three because that last uh, pitch that wasn't on the final play gets counted as a turnover. But minus three in turnovers, we talked about it with the Cardinals. You're not going to win in the NFL going minus three in turnovers. On the final play, I mentioned uh, Allen caught the ball at the Carolina 15, but the lateral to Austin Eckler, too high. Brady, Tom Brady for the uh, Bucks, 25 of 38 for 297, three touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked twice. Gronk shows up in a stat sheet, six for 48 uh, in terms of his receiving yards. Tampa Bay minus six, Chrissy. I like your number better. It's uh, seven and a half, uh, really a blanket, seven and a half. Wow. But my numbers come a little lower. 
And uh, I thought maybe I was a, a lonely voice crying in the wilderness that I, I'm still not 100% sold on this Tampa Bay team. Now, I think they are getting better, and I think by the end of the season, they may be where we're anticipating that they will be. But I don't think they're there yet. The defense is very good. Brady's good. You know, I, I don't want to knock him too much, but, you know, he, he's good. He's not Tom Brady of five, six years ago. Uh, I think his numbers are shade high, and I, I'm going to put a little X next to the Chargers name here. I, I like that side. I think that I think that's a take right there. Plus some of that. A lot of points. Gil Alexander, Chris Andrews. It is a numbers game right here at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Guessing Lines. We do it each and every Monday during football season. Tribute to the old Stardust Radio Show with Roxy Roxborough. Uh, it's a uh, exercise to try to extract value in next week's lines, and uh, pretty much. Uh, Chrissy's first reactions through the first couple weeks of the season and my own, by and large, have been good. The instincts have been good. There have been exceptions each week, but by and large, most of these have gone uh, our way. First instincts oftentimes the best, and then we spend the rest of the week convincing ourselves otherwise, overthinking it. Uh, we still early on uh, on Sunday? What's next? Yeah, we got two more early games. Jeez, yeah. so bad. What's the reason for this? Have we ever have we ever asked what what's the possible reason for this? I'm sure it's money. I'm sure it's money, right? They just want to focus, focus everybody on those couple of games. Right. Money, Chris. What a surprising answer. Uh, All right, what's next? Yeah, I'm just Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, and I do mean Chrissy's Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh's at uh, Pittsburgh at Tennessee. That wait, that's three and over three and zero, oh, isn't it? Yes, it is. Battle of the unbeatens. Big Ben yesterday and Pittsburgh's win over Houston. And Pittsburgh ends up winning that game uh, by the score of, um, let's see. Why can't I find that game? 28-21, was it? Yeah. Why isn't it on my board? Which one you're looking at? Yeah, Steelers. Oh, there it is. 28-21, Pittsburgh. (laughs) Couldn't find it. Big Ben, 23 of 36 for 237. Two touchdowns, no picks. Sacked twice. James Conner, 18 of 109 for a touchdown. Uh, time of possession, we always talk about time of possession, and we, we put the caveat afterwards of, you know, sometimes time of possession doesn't matter. Like, if the Chiefs score in two seconds, time of possession doesn't matter if they keep doing that. But in the case of this game, it really did. Uh, Pittsburgh held the ball for 36 minutes and 51 seconds versus Houston. They ran 76 offensive plays to Houston's 47. And we already mentioned when talking about the Texans, after halftime, Pittsburgh just completely shut them down. So they're 3-0, are the Steelers. Then Tennessee is 3-0. Steven Goskowski made a career-high six field goals yesterday, including a 55-yarder with 144 left that lifted undefeated Tennessee to a 31-30 victory over the Vikings, as we mentioned. Uh, they don't cover, but they win. After Ryan Tannehill directed another comeback, guiding the Titans on a go-ahead drive in the fourth quarter, Uh, or overtime, rather, for the sixth time in 16 games since becoming the starter of the Titans. Titans 12-4 now behind Tannehill, including the playoffs, and they're 15-0 when Henry, the NFL rushing leader last year, hits the 100-yard mark. Tannehill was 23 of 37 for 321, no touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked once. Uh, Derrick Henry, as I mentioned, 26 carries for 119 and two touchdowns. By the way, Khalif Raymond, three uh, three catches for 118. The Titans are 3-0, by a combined six points. One point win, three point win, two point win. 
Goskowski, remember, missed three field goals in the 40 to 49 yard range and two extra points over his first two performances with the Titans. Still had two game winners in both of those two games. And then the 15 year veteran uh, with his third game winning kick with less than two minutes left in three games, though. Taylor Luan, though, their left tackle, hurt his shoulder late in the first quarter, did not return. That could be a big loss for the Titans. Uh, I think the Titans, again, the question of home field advantage, is it a thing or is it not a thing, Chrissy? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is. So I'm not going to give Tennessee three here. I'll say Tennessee. I'll split the difference between a pick and three. I'll say Tennessee minus a point and a half. Well... Okay, first of all, let me tell you, I'm going to open Pittsburgh probably one and a half here. But let me give you a little thing of what happened. I'll, a lot of times, I don't. I, I look at the games on Sunday night. A lot of times, I barely pay attention to what teams opened because I think those numbers get manipulated a lot. It's not like in the old days, 40 years ago, when Bob Martin opened the number on Sunday night. That was the opening number. Now we got like 10 different opening numbers. So who knows who's what? Anyway, Titans opened the favorite, and this morning I looked before we got on the show, and it was pretty much picked. And I said, "Yeah, okay, I get that. That makes sense to me." Uh, I don't think the Titans should be the favorite. I, and my, my numbers come to the Steelers too, again with no home field advantage whatsoever. But now, all morning, I've seen money coming in on the Steelers uh, through various sites, I and mean, it's been all Steelers so far. I see the game anywhere from one to two, one, one and a half, and two. Steelers the favorite in uh, virtually every spot. I'm open a one and a half. Um, you know, I might change my mind and open one, but I think that's closer to the number and closer to what the public's going to view. I, I hate that one and a half because I know that uh, you bet a six point teaser in a game like this with Tennessee plus seven and a half, oh, yeah. probably a pretty decent bet. So I might want to steer clear of that. So I might open one strictly as a teaser prevention strategy, but I think that's probably the right number. Um, but th- this should be a really good game. Two really gritty, tough teams, and um, you know, uh, certainly one of the marquee games of, of Sunday morning next week. Teaser prevention strategy. Keep in mind what Chrissy just said there. He was going to open it at <laughs> one, so six point teasers can't get past the seven. I think uh, if this was if this is plus one and a half either way, it's a great teaser leg. Like, whether it's Tennessee or Pittsburgh. Probably. Yeah. Um, Probably, yeah. 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 And I could see the outcome going either way. Really could. All right. What's next? Ravens at your Washington football team. (laughs) I don't have much to say about this. Ravens (laughs) Ravens haven't played yet. They play tonight. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Chiefs, which, which is not only the marquee matchup of the weekend, but really the marquee matchup of the entire NFL regular season. You couldn't put two teams together that would be a more anticipated matchup than the Chiefs and the Ravens tonight. Uh, defending Super Bowl champions against last year's regular season best Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and then there's the Washington football team. We already talked about them. They lost to Cleveland. They probably could have had a chance here if they just didn't turn the ball over like they did. Um, but they did. And Dwayne Haskins was 21 of 37 for 224, two touchdowns. He was picked three times, sacked three times. By the way, he fumbled twice. He lost one of them on that Miles Garrett strip sack. Terry McLaurin, the only real Redskin consistent offensive weapon, four for 83, uh, four catches for 83 yards. And the Skins lost, excuse me, the Washington football team lost rookie defensive end Chase Young to a groin injury. So we got to monitor that situation. That's not good. He never came back once he left that game. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So Baltimore will be sight unseen again tonight. We don't know, but as a placeholder, I mean, 14's not enough. I'll say 14 and a half. Well, that's interesting. My numbers come to 14 and a half. Um, mm-hmm. But I think 13 and 13 and a half here in this game. Ravens. Um, Give me the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be a little letdown. Could after be. Like they win or lose. Um, not much of a travel, though, obviously, from Baltimore to Washington. Um, I, like I said, my numbers come to 14 and a half. I think I'm going to open 13 and a half because I see both numbers 13 and 13 and a half. And I, I'll be a little bit on the higher end. But, uh, you know, what are we uh, Diminishing returns. We talk about sometimes when you bet these big chalks in the NFL. You know, it's easy to cover a 14 and a half and never really be in the game. So I, I'd be very careful. Yeah, 45 minutes south on 95 from Baltimore to D.C. Not much of a travel uh, situation whatsoever. But, again, the Ravens have not played tonight, so uh, we shall see them perform before uh, that line gets solidified. All right, uh, we go to the afternoon then, according to your numbers. I think this is an afternoon game, finally. Yeah, yeah. We got the Giants at the Rams. (laughs) Giants are 0-3. Jets and Giants are 0-3. There you go, New York. We have, we're going to have a great time on primetime action tonight on MSG Plus talking about those two teams. Uh, Daniel Jones may not be good. I don't know yet, Chrissy. Jury's still out. I'm not sure about Daniel Jones. 17 of 32 for 179. No touchdowns, one pick. Sacked twice. He was their leading rusher in the absence of Saquon Barkley. Five carries, 49 yards. But the Giants only had 231 total yards of offense against the depleted and I do mean depleted San Francisco 49ers who were 11 men down. They lose 36 to nine. The giants did not run a single play in the red zone yesterday. (laughs) Is that good? Wow. Not a single play in the red zone. Meanwhile, the Rams uh, knocked from the undefeated, the early season undefeated. They rallied furiously from a 25-point deficit. They were uh, down 28-3 to with 8.05 left in the third quarter. And if they had pulled this off, it would have matched the third biggest comeback in the history of the National Football League. But instead, uh, first of all, Goff led the Rams to score on four consecutive drives. And L.A. took the lead on uh, Henderson's one-yard run with 4.30 remaining. But then Josh Allen bailed the Bills out by completing a three-yard pass to tight end Tyler Croft, 15 seconds remaining to secure the 35-32 to win on Sunday. However, that doesn't explain the whole story. Yeah. Fourth and seven, late in this game, and I already talked about earlier on the show in case you missed it, the, the scourge of the uncatchables, right? People wanted to talk about it in the Saints-Packers game last night. Oh, because it's on national TV and everybody's watching it. But it happened in the Jets-Colts game, and I know the Colts ended up crushing the Jets, but it was 7-7 to at the time, and you just never know. But the ball's like 25, you know, I'm exaggerating, but it's it's just you cannot catch it, and they're still throwing flags. Okay, that's fine. If you're never going to catch uncatchables, I mean, if you're never going to cite the uncatchable rule and negate PIs, then just don't have it on the the rule books. So this play yesterday, uh, the Bills are driving late. The Rams have got them in fourth and seven. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And the Rams are trying to pull off, again, matching what would be the third, what would match the third greatest comeback in NFL history. And Darius Williams gets flagged for a P.I. on Gabriel Davis on that fourth and seven. That ended up setting up the Bills' subsequent touchdown to Croft. Not only is the ball uncatchable, but forget the uncatchable part. What is Williams supposed to do? Gabriel Davis engages him right off the line, you know, puts his body into him. You can't take a charge. This isn't basketball, right? You have to sort of engage back. And to, to Williams' credit, he disengaged pretty much as soon as he possibly could. Flag gets thrown, determines outcome of game. And I will, you know, look, the Rams were the beneficiary of an OPI against Dallas week one. So the refs have uh, giveth and they have taketh away with the L.A. Rams. But that's how the cookie crumbled for the Rams yesterday. They failed to match what would have been the third largest comeback or match the third largest comeback in NFL regular season history. Let me point that out, that distinction. Uh, regular season history. Goff ended up 23 of 32 for 321, two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked twice. Henderson, 20 for 114 in the touchdown. Cup, Cooper Cup, 9 for 107 in the touchdown. 478 total yards for the uh, Rams. All goes by the wayside. Aaron Donald, though, sublime. Two sacks. Also forced an Allen fumble, which he recovered at the Bills' 37. That led to Henderson's touchdown, which put the Rams up 32-28. to But you know how it ended. The Rams got hosed, in my opinion. Uh, oh, I have, to pick a, I have to pick a line. I forgot what I was talking about. Giants at the Rams. Uh, I'll say, uh, I forgot how this show goes, Chrissy. I'm just going on a rant. Um, just like I said, the Ravens would be 14 and a half against the uh, Washington football team. I'll say the Rams 10 and a half against the Giants. Yeah, you're like, it's 13. And by the way, is that what I was wondering? Is you ever going to get to the number? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd be 13. I, I definitely like that better. I mean, I, you know, so much wise guy money showed up on the giants yesterday. That was one of the few games we won, uh, but they looked as horrible as they could against a team 
you know, I know we talk about decimated with injuries. I've never seen a week three team as decimated by injuries as this 49er team. Amazing. And they played great. Amazing. You can't take anything away from them. Uh, so I think, you know, the Rams, they definitely got hosed. And I think the Rams are a lot better than we thought going into this year. So I, I like 13. I, I can see this going higher. Um, I just don't know what this giant team has. I really don't. And the Rams, uh, that offense is really good. And you talk about Aaron Donald, and sometimes you know, the stat sheet doesn't tell you everything. He decimated, well, <laughs> decimated, I decimated him. But he decimated that front line for Buffalo. I mean, they could not handle him at all. He ripped right through them all, virtually every play. I don't know how the grading system works for these guys when they look at it, but that's got to be one of the highest graded uh, defensive tackles that, you know, that I've seen so far this year. I mean, he just ripped right through a pretty good offensive line. So I, I, 13 is the number, but I'll tell you what, I'd be hard for us to get the Giants. Here. You, you said, Chris, this is interesting to me. You said the wise guys were all over the Giants yesterday. And I would assume yeah, I would assume yeah. the rationale would be because the Niners had so many players out, which is fine. Okay, yeah. I get that. But like the Saquon Barkley absence didn't like negate that for them. Well, and then Shepard too, and Shepherd too. Their best receiver. I mean, you know that that barely has gotten mentioned, uh, but evidently not. You know, I mean, you know, they, I'll tell you what. They look up and down that that Niner lineup and who missed the game this year. I mean, it's it's like you know, you know Pro Bowl caliber players. I mean, that, that's really I mean, key key guys missed for that team. You know, they're on the road two weeks in a row uh, in in New York, actually two weeks in a row. You know, I I, I could see their logic. I didn't want to take a big stand against them by any means, um, but uh, you know, they they were about a million percent wrong. They couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. Well, that. I was wrong about other things, not about that one. But Giants lose outright to the uh, Niners, 36-9. to We'll get to the Niners when they come up and all of their uh, laundry list of injuries uh, that they overcame to win that game. Giants didn't run a single play in the red zone. Let me just repeat that. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue with the, uh, I think there's two more afternoon games and then the primetime games. And we'll take a look at uh, baseball series prices for the rounds of three. It's guessing lines right here on the numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network brought to you by bet MGM Nevada. Chrissy Andrews is here. Uh, my Mishbuchel, he runs the South Point hotel casino sports book. Uh, again, he's posting these right after the show. This is not some, uh, some vague exercise we're performing here and we're not we're not uh, doing this as for show chris you're actually posting the numbers you say you're going to post right after this show correct uh, yeah just uh when i hang up my next uh, minute or two i call louie and uh, we put up the numbers yeah louie all right uh, what's next in the afternoon on Sunday? Yeah, a great name for a bookmaker by the way louie totally i got louie on the line <laughs> get me louie Listen, Louie got the game three. I don't know why you got it. But, uh. <laughs> All right, what's next? The New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay. New England was my survivor pick yesterday. Got through. What is that? North of 100 got okay. knocked out of uh, Circa Survivor yesterday. Really? Yeah, so that's about, uh, there, was, there was almost nine, what was it 800-something left? I'm not sure. What's the rule on the tie? Losers. So a lot of people lost on the on the Eagles. Yeah, I mean I don't mean they're losers as human beings. 
Not a, I'm not commenting on them as humans. I'm just saying. Oh, come on. You're making a judgment. Yeah. They just lose the survivors is what I mean. Yeah, no, you got to win. That's brutal. It's brutal. Well, we'll get to the Eagles. We'll get to that in a bit. But New England beats the Raiders. I decided to go with the Patriots. Cam, 17 of 28 yesterday for 162. One touchdown, one pick, uh, two times sacked. Sony Michelle, nine for 117 on the ground. Rex Burkhead showed up in a big way for the Patriots yesterday in James White's absence. Uh, James White, whose father uh, tragically died in a car accident just before last week's game. Burkhead said, all for James White. Six for 49 on the ground with two touchdowns. Seven catches for 49 and a touchdown through the air. Season high, 250 yards rushing for the Pats against the Raiders yesterday. Pats ended up winning it, you know, going away 36-20. to 20. But I'll, I'll say this with, with all these NFL games, even in the blowouts, you know, our brains tend to think, oh, the Colts crushed the Jets. Oh, the Patriots want it going away against the Raiders. But these games turn on these one, like, situation, uh, these these singular plays, and then it's just gates, you know, floodgates open. That game yesterday, to me, flipped. It was 13-3 to Patriots late in the first half, and the Raiders came right downfield in the final minute, um, the long pass to Renfro at the half yard line right there that set up the, the touchdown. So it was 13 to 10 going into the locker room and the Raiders had all the, you know, the, the mythical momentum at that point. And then they get the ball in the second half and Daniel Carlson sets up for a 41 yard field goal attempt um, that quite frankly, not only would have put it 13 to 13, but with 10 43 left in the third quarter, but that's it's anybody's game at that point. He misses. Short field Patriots, and the route was on. Missed field goals, man, especially in this day and age. It's amazing how they flip games like that. Uh, And they're at Kansas City. Kansas City hasn't played. They play tonight. They're three-and-a-half-point dogs, of course, against the Ravens. So sight unseen with the Chiefs tonight, I will say Kansas City, not quite a field goal. Let's give give the Patriots a Patriots uh, point. So I'll say minus six. Um, I see seven, a little bit of six and a half, actually seven with juice on the dog, uh, six and a half. I like the six and a half a little better. I I think the Patriots are good enough to keep this close. Uh, you know, still, you know, like what Billichick's doing with this team, big surprise. You know, uh, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on Cam Newton with some of the talk, but, uh, nonetheless, I think, I think seven would be a take for me in this game. So I'm going to open six and a half and. Uh, let's see what happens tonight. Yeah. You agree with me on that on that premise, though? Like, so much of recency bias is formed by one play changing outcomes dramatically. I've always felt that way about the NFL. Well, well yeah, and at, that, there's no question about that. And, you know, and I remember when I was, uh, I was doing some work with William Hill way back yonder. Uh, I told, they wanted to get an algorithm for predicting, you know, in-game I said, you know, you can't do it in the NFL. I mean, just, you know, you, you, one team could be ready to score. They fumble with uh, six points the other way. It's a 14-point swing. You know, and, you know, you don't see it that often, but you see stuff like this where these, you know, soccer, a goal is one. You know, football, it could be six, seven, eight, you know, a field goal street. You know, I mean, it's just, it's this bizarre scoring system that we have really – you know, attached ourselves to and just take for granted, but it really is a bizarre system. And sometimes these scores can't get accentuated one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. One more afternoon game to get to two more prime time, obviously a Sunday night and a Monday night. 
defying recency. That's what so much of this is about. Uh, and then, of course, we'll look back on all these, which we like best. It's week number four, guessing lines, right here on a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Uh, it's Gil Alexander here, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, this is from Raj Body, Producer number seven, if you use hook and lateral in a sentence instead of hook and ladder, I will add one month to the over-under on your tenure with Gil. <laughs> I said lateral, by the way, just for the record. Yeah. I said it correctly. Uh, even though I said DJ Metcalf instead of DK Metcalf. Um, Man Bear Pui. Gil, Pinnacle's been dealing teaser prevention lines for 10 years. Oh, I know. Trust me, I know. If a game was eight everywhere, they'd have nine and a quarter, 30 cents on the dog. They'd make uh, one and a half, one minus 15 or minus 20. Yeah, no, they've been dealing prevention. They've been doing a lot of strange stuff over there over the years. Uh, Dr. Randall uh, Kosat. Uh, and there it is. Week four, diminishing returns makes its first appearance to my knowledge, on guessing lines this year. One of Chrissy's staple lines. <laughs> Diminishing returns. Um, okay. Uh, oh, Raj said, you you said it properly, Gil. You are the standard we need to raise others to. Yes, it's hook and lateral. Uh, real quick, the baseball lines for... Uh, now, tomorrow on the show, let me repeat, tomorrow on the show, the great Roxy Roxborough will be here. Roxy uh, will discuss election odds history with me debate tomorrow between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And uh, Roxy's going to do, you know, just a couple segments with us recounting historical odds from 1948 to the present with his personal experience betting and booking since 1976 with an emphasis on the upcoming tilt, plus some caveats to booking elections never discussed before. That's a podcast. We got to put that in podcast form too. And then we'll do a baseball preview as well with Jason Weingarten and Paul Spore, and we'll have Drew Densick to talk tennis, French Open with us, NBA Finals, and the National Football League. What a show tomorrow. Wow. Uh, here are your uh, opening uh, playoff series prices. National League, Cubbies minus 190, Marlins plus 160 coming back, the Bartman rematch. Too soon? Dodgers minus 300 versus the Brewers plus 240. I think Jason Weingarten may jump on the Brewers there. Brewers have good pitching at the top. Braves minus 125. Reds plus 105. The market loves the Reds. Seventh seed, but they have that starting pitching of Bauer, Castillo, and Gray. And then the Padres minus 175 versus the Cardinals plus 145. Where are these courtesy of, by the way, Jason? I don't know. (laughs) Decent. Okay, feast and lines. Let's go to the American League real quick. I don't know. It's trust me, we're not making them up though. Do we have the American League? Yeah, let's flash up the American League as well here at uh, Veasan.com and the Veasan app. Cannot wait. Uh, playoffs start tomorrow and then Wednesday. All eight series are in action. White Sox are plus one ten versus the A's. Remember, the White Sox ended up as the uh, wild card, so the A's are minus one thirty five. They are a very short shot favorite. Rays in the 1-8, minus 210 over the Blue Jays, or plus 170. Twinkies, minus 120. Astros are even. Astros get into the playoffs with a losing record. And then the Yankees, minus 135 at the Indians, who are playoff built at plus 110 with top-heavy pitching. So I have a 200-to-1 on the Blue Jays. I have a 39-to-1 on the Reds and a 19-to-1 on the Tribe to win it all. Those are the positions I'm in. We'll talk about all the series prices and what bets I'll make along with Jason and Paul tomorrow. Uh, let's do the last afternoon game. By the way, Chris, do you expect a lot of handle on the baseball playoffs this year? Do we have Chris? Yeah, first of all, baseball handle's been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, although football certainly has taken some away. 
but I think this is going to be a really good, a good format for betting. I can tell you that. I can't wait. August was spectacular with the bubbles starting. September even better uh, with uh, football starting. Man, is October going to be great? NBA Finals, baseball playoffs, football. All right, what's the last afternoon game next week? The Bills at the Raiders. Bills at the Raiders. Bills 3-0, as we mentioned, benefits of a flag late against the Rams. They stave off a massive comeback. Josh Allen, 24 of 33 for 311, four touchdowns, one pick, sacked four times against the Rams. He was four, uh, had four carries for eight yards and a touchdown on the ground, but it was clouded his performance by two turnovers that led to Rams touchdowns. He had a pick, a fumble. He even got flagged for a face mask himself. Eighth successful fourth quarter comeback for Allen in his three seasons, though, when all is said and done. And then there's the Raiders, who, as I mentioned, lose to the Patriots, but were really in this game until uh, the third quarter when they missed that field goal from Carlson, could have tied the game up. Derek Carr, 24 of 32 for 261, two touchdowns, no pick. He was sacked twice. Hunter Renfro, uh, six catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. I have no idea why the first two weeks of the season, the Raiders went away from Renfro. Just didn't have enough snaps the first two weeks of the season. Carr, two fumbles that led to a field goal for New England and a late touchdown when he lost the ball in the end zone and it was recovered uh, by the Patriots' wise. Josh Jacobs also had a fumble in this game. I'll say Buffalo minus three, Chrissy. This is one of those two and a half, three games. You know, it's two and a half juice on the favorite, three juice on the dog. I see a little more two and a half. Matter of fact, I see a lot more two and a half. So I'm going to open it two and a half, but I kind of like the higher number better. Uh, again, my power ratings come higher. Still debating what to do with home field advantage. Don't really know. Uh, but we know there's no real, no fans in with the Raiders. Um, so I'm going to open two and a half, but I don't be surprised if I get dead up to three very quickly. And then once I get to three, somebody will take it back. So it's just the way it goes. And we talked about uh, teaser prevention lines that Pinnacle uses. Well, you know, they don't use everything at minus 110 like we do at the top point. So there's that. All right. Um, these aren't as easy to come by as last week's, I don't think. Jason, you said you like the Patriots if they catch seven against the I Chiefs? definitely like the Patriots. All right. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Cardinals were something I thought about, too. I think that's a little light. The Bears and the Rams all day long. You like the Rams can't make that line high enough, right? Truly. I'll bet an adjusted line on that one. I said 10 and a half. Chrissy, what was it? 13 on the Rams? Yeah, 13, he said. All right. Uh, we got the Sunday night game. We got the Monday night game. These involve teams we need to talk about next. Week four guessing lines right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. All right, Chrissy. What do we got Sunday night? Chris Andrews here, of course, everybody. Eagles at the 49ers. Eagles at the 49ers who we've discussed, but there's more to add. The Eagles tie with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and again, in that tie, pick up ground on the entire rest of the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> Wentz, 29 of 47 for 225. One touchdown, two picks. He was sacked three times. He has now thrown multiple picks in three consecutive games. The Eagles had 11 penalties for 93 yards. They were 10 of 21 on third downs. Now, as you know, I look at these box scores each and every week. 21 third down attempts is one of these things that you see rarely. And what does that tell you? That tells you that they're just their play calling or their execution of that play calling on first and second down is just abysmal, that they would have 21 tries on third down. Yes, I get it. It went to overtime. But 21 uh, the Eagles have not forced any turnovers on defense through 13 quarters this season. 
they gained ground, as I said, on the entire division with a tie. But in the end, what did you think about the last sequence of that game, Jason? They're in overtime. They get the ball in what would be like ridiculously long field goal range and then run plays as if they are in chip shot field goal range on first and second down. And then, of course, when they're there to attempt the uh, the game-winning field goal from, you know, way out, they get the false start. <laughs> so instead of a 59-yarder, it becomes a 64-yarder, which would match the NFL record if it goes through. And at that point, Doug Peterson and the Eagles just say, yeah, we'll tie. And they punt. I don't have any problem with the punt, by the way. People are focused on the punt. Ah, you got to go for the win. No, the problem was the plays before that. They end up with a tie. San Francisco, as we mentioned, beat the Giants and crushed them in the process. Uh, Mullins, in relief of Garoppolo, 25 of 36 for 343. One touchdown, no pick, sacked twice. Brandon Ayuk was his leading receiver, 5 for 70. They were 8 of 12 on third down, were the, were the uh, Niners, and they outgained the Giants 420 to 231. They held the ball for 39 minutes and 44 seconds of that game. Oh, my God, Giants. Of course, the uh, Niners stayed in West Virginia to prep for the game. So here were their injuries. They had Garoppolo with his ankle, Nick Bosa out for the season, and Solomon Thomas with knee injuries. Running backs Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman hurt against the Jets. They complained about the new turf after the game last week, saying it was, quote, sticky, unquote, led to injuries. They were also without tight end George Kittle. Witherspoon in, uh, in the, in the uh, secondary. Dre Greenlaw, linebacker, out for the game. Then in this game, they lost Emmanuel Mosley to a head injury and tight end Jordan Reed with an ankle. As every Skins fan, every Washington football team fan's like, well, we knew that was going to happen. San Francisco, despite all that, scored on seven of its first eight possessions. It would have been all eight, but a snap hold problem led to Gould missing a 55-yarder. Niners' ninth possession ended the game. Forgot that detail when describing the Giants. Good Lord. And the Niners didn't really want to play with the turf, so who knows even how hard they were they were trying. Meaning that it was in their heads the whole time? They're like, well, well. A lot of a lot of the injuries weren't were specifically because they didn't want to play on the turf. Well, I mean, San Francisco's gotta be a favorite. I, again, we don't know who's playing and who's not, but I'll say minus six, Chrissy. Yeah, it's it's six and a half. And uh first of all, back to the Eagles. When I was watching that game, you know, I was watching them with their play calling when they had like a 59 yard field goal in their pocket. And Am I adding this up wrong? Is this really like, even like, you know, 49 is no like gimme, you know, am I, you know, what am I, what am I looking at here? You know, I mean, he's acting like a 59 yard. Yeah. We'll kick it and we'll win the game. Yeah. Jeez, no game. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I really, I'm picking them. I thought it was like adding it up wrong. Uh, anyway, the Niners, I, you know, going into yesterday, well, during the course of the week, I lowered my power rating on the Niners uh, because of all the injuries, because of all the money that showed up against them that I did highly respect for sure. And like I said, I'm, I don't mean to second guess in that regard because you look at the guys they lost. I mean, it's a, a, a huge loss to their lineup, you know, legitimate Pro Bowl contenders. Um, anyway, I, I had to readjust actually after the game. So my power ring has come a little higher, but uh, after two straight road games now coming home, 
I'm not sure I'm going to lay anything more than six and a half, but I do think six and a half is a little light in this game. I think we'll see a seven. I'm going to open six and a half just because I see that everywhere. But uh, I'll tell you the truth. I, I don't, I don't think I'd want to take anything less than seven. If I were betting the Eagles, uh, I, I think this minor team is well coached, well constructed by Lynch. Uh, it, you know, a lot of good things I could say about this 49er team. And I think they'll handle this Eagle team. I wouldn't take anything less than seven. And I think that's where we're going to wind up on this game. Did you also notice that we you know how they put on the TV telecast, they put the uh, line, you know, where they sort of estimate is the field goal line. And in this particular one with the Eagles at the end of overtime, like they put it way back. <laughs> like they're like, oh, yeah, 59 yeah. would be fine. That was the weirdest thing. I was like, why that's did- why I said I might. Am I looking? Did I, am I asking wrong that I forgot like the ten yards in the end zone or, or what? What can I do? Jake Elliott, fifty-nine <laughs> yarder. They're like, yeah, that'll be fine. Even the TV people were on Peterson's side. Then it was sixty-four. <laughs> They're like, all right, whatever. Uh, all right, that sounds about right. And then Monday night. Oh, I know we're, we we Atlanta's got to be left because I know we haven't talked about them uh, yet. Yeah. Atlanta and Green Bay. All right, Green Bay wins last night. They do so 37-30. to Rodgers, 21 of 32 for 283. Three touchdowns, no picks, and a sack. Lazard, 6 of 146 and a touchdown. Packers, as we talked about when talking about the Saints, scored 10 points in the final nine minutes to pull out the win uh, with the Packers' top receiver, Devontae Adams, unable to play because of a hamstring injury. So Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers just motoring along, 3-0. and Rodgers seems to be in sync with LaFleur, who's just been you know, experiencing almost, you know, nothing but wins. What is 16 and three now in regular season uh, since he's been head coach. And then there's the Falcons. The Falcons became the first team. They're 0 and three. So this is 0 and three versus three and 0. The Falcons became the first team in NFL history to lose back-to-back games in which it led by 15 or more points in the final period. That's according to stats had 99% win probability per next-gen stats a week after having 98% win probability last week versus Dallas. (laughs) That is unconscionable. And under Dan Quinn, the Falcons, of course, also wasted that 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, as we all remember, after the 2016 season and lost an OT to the Patriots. Also didn't cover. They can fill up a stat sheet. Ryan, 19 of 38, one touchdown, one pick, sacked twice. Gurley, 14 of 80 for a touchdown on the ground. Hill, 9 for 58 and a touchdown. Ridley, five catches for 110. None of it matters with the Falcons. Again, 98% win probability last week against the Cowboys and the onside kick that mesmerized the entire Falcons team. And then 99% against the Bears yesterday. How does Dan Quinn still have a job After this, like at some point, you've just got to say to him, look, we love you. You're you're actually a better better coach than this, obviously, you know, than the results are showing. But I mean, you lose the room at some point, don't you? Oh, I have to make it. I have to make a guess. I'm sorry. I forgot. I got to make a guess. Green Bay minus six. (laughs) Yeah. Six. Oh my God! You get flooded if you were six. Oh, it's low. Yeah, my numbers come to like eight and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, my numbers come to eight and a half, but it's seven, and I see some seven and a half juice on the dog. I know I'm going to get the seven and a half on this game come Monday night. I know that, and whatever the total is, and I'm looking right now at fifty-eight. I think that's the highest on the board. 
yes. I'm going to try to stay above it because last night that was the biggest thing. I know we got that late on Green Bay, but they pounded me all week on the over on that game. And I, thank God I had the wise guys coming in and taking under on that New Orleans game, New Orleans uh, Green Bay. Because they will bet me over, and I have a feeling they're going to get there with these two defenses. And by the way, we keep talking about quarterbacks. We're talking about Mahomes. We're talking about Jackson. We're talking about Russell Wilson. Let's not forget about Rodgers. This oh, guy yeah. looks like he's playing as good a football as I've seen in a long, long time. He is really playing well. And uh, yeah, that, don't go too far down your list before you mention this guy. But I think he likes it up. I hope I don't need Atlanta next week. Is all you there, but. They're probably a good dog to take with more than seven. You know, they're probably a good dog to take. You know, they're the kind of team they'll throw up a statue with a lot of numbers. You know, but uh, won't have a chance to win the game. So in the end, I think from this exercise, I like Chicago, Arizona, and Houston. There's a poo-poo platter, but that's who I think I like. How about you? I like Chicago, the Chargers, and New England. Yeah, you're with Jason on New England. Chargers. I'm gonna have to you have to hold your nose on that. Uh, Chrissy, I thank you yeah, as you always. Uh, always fun, man. And uh, we'll do this each and every month. Yeah, thank you. Chris Andy? My pleasure, Gil. Really, it's my favorite two hours of the week. Mine, too. I text you after the show every week. I'm like, mine, mine too. Favorite two flies by. Chrissy Andrews, everybody. Uh, the name of the book, by the way, Then One Day, uh, available at Amazon. And hopefully, where books are sold. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 